the end of the Autumn Nations Cup this weekend on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. It hasn't exactly gone as hoped or planned, but let's hope the Autumn Nations Cup can finish with a flourish this weekend when Wales entertain Italy at Parker Scarlets. Wales coach Wayne Pivak wants to finish this autumn campaign on a high, of course, but he hasn't compromised his principles. Plenty of changes, plenty of new faces getting another chance as he plans ahead for the future and learns more about his players. He explained his thinking on a Zoom press conference. First day of the week, we wanted to name the team nice and early, get that out of the way and then have everyone focused on the game. We want to keep giving guys uh, opportunities. I think we've had probably eight debutants who have had a, a second opportunity across the competition. I think uh, just about everyone in the squad's now had a couple of opportunities. Um, it's a tournament we said from the outset we want to build some depth, continuing to do so, and also we think we've put out a side that uh, can get a result, and that was part of the what I laid down to the, the other coaches when we selected the side. We've got to select a side that we believe can get a result and also uh, still build depth. George North has gone back to the Ospreys for a couple of games or one game in the end. He played on the win. You've named him an outside centre. What was the thinking behind that? Yeah, well, at the outset, I think against Italy in the in the first game of the Six Nations, we played him there with Jonathan Davies. We know he's had a few injuries over the last few years and really it's looking at um, who's going to be in behind Jonathan and, and be able to take that role when he's not there. And uh, So Nick's had an opportunity and now George gets a, a second go at it. And uh, this is the time we believe to ask the questions and get the answers. So inexperienced halfbacks, but a second start for um, Kieran Hardy and Callum Sheedy. Why have they been given another chance? And also, does that mean anything for like Dan Bigger and Reese Webb who aren't involved in the match day 23? We know what Dan can and can't do, and I think he played pretty well against England. So the Georgian game and this game was uh, always going to be one where we continued the sort of trend of, of giving guys opportunity and learning more about them. If you look through to the World Cup 2023, we're going to look at uh, who's going to be there potentially in the future. And, and we'd like those guys to have 20, 30 tests under their belt by the time they do that. So at some stage, you've got to take the field. And we believe uh, Callum went well against Georgia. And this will be a step up from Georgia. And uh, so we'll get some more questions answered. Look, for us, it's um, putting out a side, as I say, that we're excited to see go out. There are some guys there in Sam Parry, you know, he gets a first start. So he's excited and see him in training today. These boys will equip themselves very well. And as I say, we're just continuing the theme from the start of the competition. We're learning a lot about the players. And when it comes time to sit down and name the Six Nations squad, we'll be in a better position to put out what we believe is the strongest squad possible. The last game of the year, how important is a win in this match and a good win? Yeah, look, for us, it's very important. We've talked about that today and that's what we want to do. You know, it's it's time for us to keep improving in our defence, but also uh, nail the opportunities which come our way in the attacking side of the game, which we know we haven't done to this point and it's certainly going to be a big focus point. Just looking at the team, you've got a lot of pace in the back three. You've got a very mobile pack. You've got two or three guys there were a real ability over the ball. In a way... Is this the type of selection, you know, with the halfbacks as well, which perhaps is the most geared yet to the way you want to move Wales forward? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a hint there, but um, look at the players that were unavailable, like the Moriarty's and the Navidis, so amongst others, the Ken Owens and other boys. So, look, I think, you know, we've learned a lot from this campaign. I think with guys coming back from injury for Six Nations, you know, I think we can put out a pretty strong side and... You know, we're taking a little bit of pain early on and uh, I think we're slowly improving. And from our point of view internally in the camp, there's certainly uh, 
there's a lot of vim and vigour about the place. You know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we um, have a very good outing on the weekend. Looking at James Botham, you've moved him back now across to six. We talked about that last time where you saw him there. I mean, his tackle count for the Blues and for yourself has been very high. Are you almost edging towards him as a six option now? Because you've got him and Shane Lewis there together for that role. Look, I think he's one that at his age has the ability to play in all three back row positions. But like having Navs out there with Justin, so very sort of similar. Both guys are potentially very good over the ball. They can both run with the ball and they both have high work rates and are pretty good defensively. So, you know, he's a young one that, again, like Shane Lewis Hughes, is getting opportunities and I think that he's a big future in the game. Obviously, the set piece has been a talking point. What have you been thinking about and what are you looking to do in a way to try and give yourself more of a platform there this weekend? Uh, we're speaking to the referees. We'll have a meeting with Wayne Barnes and uh, get his view of the world. But um, certainly we're not going to panic because we thought that it was a very good performance against Georgia in the set piece. And I think if you look at some of those penalties in the game against England, uh, we would argue uh, some of the penalties could have gone the other way. So on another day, we would come away from that game not thinking we were, we were that bad. So... You know, we're, we're going to stick to what we've been doing, and that is um, trying to paint good pictures for the referees and trying to get a set piece where we can get the ball away and play. But it hasn't happened a lot. We haven't been able to attack from scrums, so it's been a bit frustrating. From our point of view internally, we don't think we've always had the rub of the green, but it's something we've just got to keep working at and uh, make sure we present the best, uh, best pictures possible. Slightly wider question, really. You're trying to bring in a, an attacking philosophy at a time when everybody's struggling to attack and everybody's kicking an awful lot. How worried are you that that does seem to be the trend and what would you like to see change to maybe reverse it and encourage more attacking rugby? I think there may be a rule change before 2023 and uh, we'll be ahead of the pack. Those sorts of discussions, uh, we put ideas forward to the people that make the calls, but certainly at the moment, I think everybody would agree that it's not the prettiest rugby we're seeing at the moment and we certainly would like to uh, use the ball a bit more. But for us, it's not just around the kicking side of the game. It's making sure that we control what we're doing with the ball when we've got it and we haven't been that clinical. So we can improve in that area, we know. But I think um, at the moment, the way the game's being played, very defence orientated and there's no encouragement not to do what a lot of teams are doing and they're getting results from it. But I think sooner or later, pressure will come on to look at changes so that teams are encouraged to attack a bit more. And has that been a worry for you? Because you know, Eddie Jones was talking about watching New Zealand teams kicking it all the time and there seems to have been a sea change towards kicking. And is that a worry? I think there's a difference between when New Zealand kicks and when they run versus uh, what we saw on uh, Saturday night. Just on George North at, at 13, is that where you maybe see him long term for you or you just do you not know yet? Well, we want to give him the opportunity to um, show us what he can do there. He's big, he's strong, he's powerful. Um, and at the moment, he's quite hungry after being out in clubland for the last couple of weeks. So we think it's a good time to give him that opportunity at 13, as we did at the start of the Six Nations. So in training, George has looked very good in 13. So we'll see how he goes. What else are you looking forward to see this week in terms of the attack from your side? We'd love to have a bit more continuity. We'd love to build some more phases and, and stress the defence a bit more. So it's about our ball carriers being able to win some collisions. It's about us getting a little bit of gain line, speed of ball is important to us. Um, and to be able to build some phases, you know, we've made errors and then on the edges, make sure that we're running good lines and, and when we get our 3v2s and 4v3s that we're clinical and we put boys away. We had a couple of scoring opportunities against England and we weren't able to do that. It's a combination of things. 
lines we're running, the decision-making, communication from the outside in, and making sure everybody's doing their roles, really. And, you know, it's been a um, you know, handling area here and a bit of miscommunication there. And so there are things that, you know, we hope to get right on the weekend. The stats show that there has been a bit of a drop-off in terms of breaks and defenders beating and things like that from the spring. Are you really feeling that? Have you, have you felt that post-lockdown? I think we said it earlier in that we hadn't come out of lockdown well and there's no hiding that fact and we saw the, the performance of the clubs and the players came in and we've had to do a lot of work behind the scenes just in, in getting them in physical shape that they need to be because you know under fatigue you make mistakes and we think we're a lot better in the back end of this competition than we were at the start and I think those sorts of things take time but we're working very very hard to try and rectify the problem and we understand that the changes we're making and finding out about individuals also puts pressure on combinations and having a good clinical performance over 80 minutes so it's, it's a balancing act really from our point of view but we've chosen to do it this way to broaden the, the depth within the squad obviously this is the last test match for you of a weird 2020 have you rated the year on the field Oh, look, it's been frustrating for everybody concerned. The players are frustrated because it hasn't been through a want of trying and a want of um, hard work going in, rolling their sleeves up behind the scenes because that's been going on and they've been very, very positive. It's been a combination of reasons, but it's one of frustration, but we can see things slowly building behind the scenes. And I guess from our point of view, the selection group remain confident in what we're doing. And, you know, a good result on the weekend, I think, then sets us up nicely for, you know, hopefully having a headache when it comes to selection for the Six Nations squad. But we believe this tournament is, is one that we'll look back on in a few years' time and, and see that it's played its role in terms of getting the squad to where it needs to be for 2023. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And it'll be interesting to do that and look back on this tournament and the players who've been blooded. One of the quirks of this selection is that it includes three former Jersey players. In particular, halfbacks Kieran Hardy and Callum Sheedy, who played together for a while for the Channel Islands Club. Scarlet Scrum Half Hardy's delighted to get a second start of this campaign. Another great opportunity, really. I'm obviously pleased to get another start this weekend. It's great to give my first cap against Georgia a few weeks ago, but... Now it's a chance to uh, back up that performance and uh, make sure I'm comfortable at this level. Do you think it'll be uh, more comfortable for you having uh, got the, the debut over with and found out what it's all about? Yeah, I'd like to think so. You know, I think the nerves is uh, obviously natural with our first kind of game and um, trying to make sure that you do everything you need to do in your debut and come off the field, please. So this week, you know, I'm just looking to back that performance up and just um, make sure that my standards are high as, as they were against Georgia. How much does it help having the uh, the same starting partner in Callum? It's quite nice to play with Callum. Uh, I've played with him quite a lot before, so um, it's obviously nice to have that relationship outside. You know, I think we work quite well against Georgia, and um, obviously we're both quite young. And you know, it's another good opportunity for us both to show that uh, we're capable of playing this level. They must be taking a bit of interest back in Jersey, where you and he had a brief spell together, and I think uh, Will Rowland's played there as well. Yeah, there's a few boys that have come through Jersey to go on to um, play international rugby in the last few years. And obviously I've had loads of messages from everyone in Jersey in the last couple of weeks and everyone's really supportive over there. When we can, we'll go over there and hopefully catch up with everyone. But uh, no, everyone's been great. You're obviously the youngest of the scrum half group in this uh, particular squad. Um, how much of an opportunity does that sort of represent in the in the medium term, do you think? 
Uh, obviously, a huge opportunity to even be in an international squad is a big opportunity, but to be the youngest, um, you've got to take everything as it comes and, you know, try and learn a little bit of everyone else that have played here. And, you know, the boys are obviously fairly experienced and if I can pick a little path up out of everyone's game, then obviously I'm, I'll be going in the right direction and I want to be here for the long term as well. So it's about making sure that I nail every opportunity I get. How much of a, a step up has it been? How different has it been being in that uh, international environment for the last six or seven weeks compared to the regional environment with the Scarlets? You know, the first couple of weeks, it was just about getting up to the intensity and the transition in training. I felt um, the sessions were a lot sharper and, you know, you had a lot less thinking time in between drills and so forth. So I think those first couple of weeks was about adapting to this level. And obviously, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable doing what we're trying to do here. So just making sure that I'm doing everything right to every session and then hopefully giving the opportunities. And what about uh, Italy as opponents? One of their scrum halves, Stephen Varney from uh, Pembrokeshire, which is a bit unusual. Are you uh, practising your Welsh language sledging for him? <laughs> I haven't given him it too much thought, to be honest. Uh, but obviously, you know, if, it's quite a weird one, really, isn't it, that he's from um, down west and he'll be playing against Wales. I'm sure if, if he plays, then it'll be a good opportunity to bring us in. Everyone says their first cap goes in a bit of a blur, but I'm just wondering what you take out of that Georgia game that you'll take into this game? What sort of specifics? Being able to um, do my role and do my job quite well in uh, on the international stage. It was tough conditions, that Georgia game. For me, it was just about being neat and tidy in my game and making sure that all my core skills were good and just making sure that I did everything right for the team on the day. And is there anything that you'll try and do a little bit differently against Italy on the back of that experience? I don't think so. I think uh, every game is different and the opportunities in games are obviously different as well. So for me, it's just about you know making sure that the speed of ball is good for our team, making sure my passing and kicking are good. And um, if anything else comes of it, then I'll take that opportunity. Throughout this Autumn Nations Cup, the breakdown's been a little bit messy. Scrum halves have been forced to kick an awful lot. Has it been a little bit frustrating? Is there anything that you'd, you'd like to see working a little bit differently against Italy? Every team in the world wants to play with uh, high speed of ball and it's obviously something we're trying to achieve here and it's a big part of our game is our speed. Uh, we speak about it a lot and the kicking game is big in international rugby and you know I think, I think it's inevitable that we're going to have to kick at times and play for territory. We haven't really felt like we've fired many bullets in attack yet so it uh, be a good opportunity if we can do that. And we'll hear Callum Sheedy's emotional reaction to his Wales call-up next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. The third former Jersey player is Lock Will Rowlands, the former Oxford Blue who came to professional rugby a bit later than many and has worked his way through to international level and another start, this time against Italy. Yeah, very excited about it, to be honest. Obviously, that's you know, what, where you want to be playing your rugby. Um, and it's an opportunity to try and put in a good performance against a tough Italian team. You know, they've put in some good performances so far this autumn. I think we're excited about the opportunity, but... It's really the big goal for the weekend, try and finish the campaign on a very positive note. We haven't really seen much of us going through the phases in attack and um, testing teams. And I think you know, that's got to be something that we're targeting on the weekend. We haven't played the rugby that we aim to play. So that's been frustrating on, you know, on, on team level and, and everyone's felt that very keenly. The game we want to play is expansive and it, you know, it is attractive. But I think for us and hopefully for the Welsh public, this weekend will be satisfied by putting in a good performance that... You know, get to the win, but that we can leave the pitch kind of satisfied in all areas that we've, you know, we've taken another step forward, and then we can round off the campaign and look forward to moving forward again and come Six Nations. We've talked to the two halfbacks who are both former Jersey players together. You've been out there as well. 
what is it in the water that makes Wales internationals? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had, a, I had some, some funny conversation with those guys about about that. Really, yeah, I had a kind of a, a three month stint out there, and it was it was actually yeah, it was, I mean, very formative for me. I, I think it put me in good stead in my rugby career. So I imagine it's done the same for them. For three months I was there, I really enjoyed it because basically every other week you're on a kind of three day away trip to you know, random places around the UK. As a kind of young guy, it was uh, it was good fun. I had some kind of played in some different places, like saw some different cities and towns that I hadn't been to. So yeah, I think it does have a kind of bit of a bit of a unique feel to it for sure. And presumably that sort of experience, getting some regular rugby in week in week out, helps you step back up again to the top flight of club rugby over here. Yeah, well, I mean that was my reason for going. Was I went and basically played was at Wasp at the time and kind of hadn't played that much at a few guys ahead of me in the, in the pecking order, some quite established, experienced guys. So I went for three months, I think I played 12 games on the bounce and then came back and it was, it was exactly, it was perfect for me. Just kind of get my basics in order at scrum, set piece and play a bit of rugby and yeah, come back a much better player for it. Probably feels like three months in the Wales camp at the moment, does it? It's been a, a long old series. Yeah, it does feel like a long time, particularly as a, uh, I've kind of spent the entire campaign in the Vale Hotel. You've got to kind of enjoy these enjoy these times as well because it's it's an environment to test yourself in. And you know, I, I really like being here and getting to know some of the other the other guys better who I don't get to see that much outside of camp. So you know, hopefully, look forward to to being part of the next one. Can I just take you back a bit further, even than Jersey? Because most of the people around you would have been in rugby academies from the age of eighteen. You obviously went a very different route through the universities. Just. Describe what you think that did for you, maybe especially as a forward, giving you time to develop physically before going into professional rugby. I think I myself have found sort of two schools of thought about it. At times I've been a bit frustrated because I felt like I got involved in professional rugby later. And so I you know, feel like I've missed out on a few years and I'm therefore half a step behind almost. But I think in reality, the, or the truth of what I think about it is that, yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity for me to get some wider life experience, like have three fantastic years, meet some amazing people. It was kind of a step, a progression for me on the rugby point of view from just playing rugby at you know, schoolboy level to then playing a bit of men's rugby, playing against some premiership A teams, some invitational sides and develop physically into being in a position where when I then got into a full professional environment, yeah, I felt much kind of better position to be able to compete. It's unusual that particularly as a, as a type five forward that you You've got to be an unusual physical specimen, really, to sort of come into the professional game and you know be tearing up trees pre-age 22. So I think it's a, it's a route that I would definitely advocate to anyone who was considering it. When you were at Oxford, were you sort of thinking, going to Twickenham and stuff, that's my taste of the big time? Or were you always thinking this is a stepping stone? For me, I didn't think of playing professional rugby really until maybe the end of my second year. Up until that point, I just thought that you know, rugby was something I loved doing. I loved playing at university and yeah, probably that the playing in the varsity match would be the, the pinnacle, so so to speak. Um, so yeah, it's a kind of a, both with fond memories that I look back now, but also very glad that it wasn't the pinnacle, you know, that I've had the experiences of example, like playing at a you know, full principality and you know, that just kind of puts a bit of shade on those experiences. And I'm not trying to retire you too early, but it presumably also means you're a bit more relaxed about the end of your career when it when it eventually comes, because you've got all that to fall back on. Well, hopefully, yeah. I feel like it was a long time ago now, but well, I hope that my degree will put me in good stead to at least try and transition to something relatively smoothly. Yeah. Not for a few years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
so good luck to Wales this weekend. We'll look back on the autumn campaign next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.